Marketing is about value. This is a very complicated world. It's a very noisy world. And we're not going to get a chance to get people to remember much about us. No company is. And so we have to be really clear on what we want them to know about us. I don't know how well this is going to go because I'm literally tethered to my phone. <laughs> wow. I got the broadband and the signal is so shit to this room that it's actually better to go on my phone. It's, uh, it's an experience. This podcast is an experience. And we'll do, we'll do it regardless of the, the situation every week. So you're back. I'm back. I'm back in London since yesterday after five weeks of uh, absolute heat. <laughs> I'm not going to complain too much. It's nice. But the last few days before we left, it was like uh, 40 degrees in the shade, you know. So, oh, my God. That's crazy. I'm, I'm not about that life. How much sunburn did you get? Oh, uh, not so much, to be honest. I played, you, you, uh, you know, this game uh, from uh, what that kids series from Bluey. Oh, my kids watch Bluey there, there's an episode about uh, Shadowland yeah the Shadowland game so I played Shadowland for five weeks that was me that's nice it was all good but yeah we managed to release an episode every week the pod is still alive just slightly be a bit more slower in August we haven't been you know uh, as a aggressive in growing it as we were in June and July which is fine it's August but uh, September is uh, lurking and uh, we'll come back strong so yeah yeah it's been a busy August for us personally and (laughs) professionally as well yeah lots lots have happened yeah Uh, we survived August with everything that happened and in our personal lives good and bad Uh, I think we can survive anything now it's yeah. not good yeah next is Christmas <laughs> we just need a lot of episodes in advance basically that's what we need to do alright is our guest waiting in the lobby yet okay cool hey hey Seb I'm happy to see that you got a microphone there it's a nice mic check mic one two how you man do I'm with a growth marketing crew <laughs> Love it. That can be the new intro. (laughs) How are you, Cebu? I'm so blessed. I'm feeling really, really good. Um, Life is great. I've been uh, head down, hustling, building, as usual. But but in particular, this year, I'm very excited that I've been building like my own community that I feel like really, really passionate about. So it's like something that's really from the heart. Um, also, I have been two years in the venture capital industry. I got promoted recently to head of digital marketing for my venture fund. So I was really chuffed about that, all that That's hard awesome. work. Congrats, man. That's good. That's what you want to hear when you ask when you ask someone how they're doing. That's the positivity that you want. When people ask me about how I'm doing, I'm like, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm in a particularly win phase of life right now. Obviously, there's ups and downs. So. Yeah, yeah. I always take the when the wins come, I, I really treasure them because I know that it's it means that's like another year of, of hustling and grinding until like the next win and the next win after that. So yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely on a high um, um, this this month. Amazing. And just to check before we get into uh, 
too much detail. Like, how do you want us to call you, Seb, Cebu? Mm. Seb is fine. Whichever, whichever you guys want. This is a question I have been also ask, asking myself as as a personal brand. Um, I recently changed my Instagram to Seb versus Cebu. So I think Seb. I don't know. Seb might be easier for for branding and marketing. What, what do you guys think? You guys are the, are the marketing experts as well. I like Cebu. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Seb reminds me too much of a French name. Seb. No. Or Sebastien, yeah, yeah. you know, it's the, the short for. We got too many French people on this podcast already. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing against French people. Just just for the record, I was out in Cannes a couple of months ago and it was beautiful. The people were beautiful. Nice. South of France, first time there. Wow. Yeah, it is great. Cool, man. So we want to get into it. There's a lot of cool things that you do. Um, we want to touch on uh, a lot of them. But before we do that, do you want to give us like uh, a short intro on like who you are and what you've done so far in the in, in your career in the world of marketing? Yes, of course, of course, of course. So hello, hello to the audience as well. My name is Sebu Mesfin. Um, I am uh, head of digital marketing at Notion Capital, which is Europe's leading um, SaaS venture capital fund. Um, previously to that, I was on the startup side. So I've worked with over 20 startups in the UK ecosystem, mainly seed, pre-seed, helping them grow. Um, I've generated over a million pounds in revenue using digital sort of funnels. Um, I've worked with all sorts of companies from um, apps, to um, agencies, to I guess now I'm in a venture capital fund, which is a, a crazy part of the kind of journey. Um, yeah. I'm also the co-founder of Blocks to Bags, which is an entrepreneurial um, spirited kind of community that I've been building with my co-founder, BJ Malenga. Um, and then I'm also co-founder of Angel Investing School, which I've been building along with Andy AM for like the last three three years or so. So um, that's a bit about me. I'm, I'm a marketing guy at the core, mm. at my heart. I entered into the startup world marketing first. I said, this is this is my path. This is the path that I want to go down. And, you know, through my journey, I've kind of followed my heart. I followed my passion. And yeah. it's been an unconventional journey. I can't lie, but yeah, 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 yeah. it's been cool. But Let's let, let we're going to touch on that as well the yeah. unconventional uh, journey because I feel like I've, we all got uh, a lot of us marketers, especially in the digital marketing field, have kind of an unconventional way because it's been so so recent in history and it's changing so fast that it kind of attracts. I think it attracts this kind of uh, un unconventional. Guys, uh, but when we uh, when did we get in touch the, f the first time chatting? It's it's been it's been when you were you were at Fun Bites, right? Yeah, so I got in touch just when I was having my transition between mm. Fun Bites and um, Notion Notion Capital. So it yeah. was a period of my life I just bought my first property as well. I remember that very clearly because I was in like our new property. We're just kind of like doing it up, and I was like. This is literally like a crossroads within my life, like leaving my previous startup industry and, and looking towards the future and thinking, mm. all right, is this venture capital space somewhere that I kind of want to go into? And I remember I was getting your advice and hearing about your experiences around, you know, taking growth to like the top, the CMO type level with, with the startup. So 
sort of looking at other paths and um yeah, yeah I, I went down the venture capital path which which has yeah. been um it's been an absolute journey it's, it's been a privilege as well to, to be honest yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, how like what's the difference between the few differences between marketing for let's say um fan bites who was yeah. uh was it, was it called like influencer marketing yeah, agency it like a for... yeah it was gen z advertising influencer marketing a- T- agency T- tiktok focused as well like one of the, f- the f- yeah the first one or one of the first ones in in the uk really to focus on that i think it was like very early in uh in that to to now uh vc marketing like yeah. what's the what, what can you say about those two like the difference that you learned I mean, the number one thing is that with with VC, um, you're not really trying to get customers. You're trying to give people money rather than get money from people. So it's a completely different sort of angle and it's a completely different sort of game. So Mm. with Fanbytes, fast-growing startup, it's all around um, lead gen, um, making sure that our sort of B2B channels were strong. So... When I kind of came into Fanbytes, and funny story actually, um, Timo, the, the CEO, actually hired me on the premise of, listen, Seb, um, we want to dominate TikTok. This was before TikTok was blowing up, but he literally said, how would you market TikTok services to brands? Write me a funnel and let's meet in like 24 hours and and, and show me your funnel in a prep somewhere. So that was quite interesting. So. It, it, was, it was yeah. it was based off of that I started, you know, building out like strategies. Number one was like Google ads. It was, it was very much like lead gen focused and yeah, yeah, yeah. tracking the revenue. So with, with Notion and the venture capital industry, it's a much more softer approach to marketing and it's all around building um, awareness. And yeah. with Notion Capital in particular, the issue is, is that um, one of the reasons why they kind of brought me in and, and one of the reasons why I think that um, digital marketing, growth marketing, funnel marketing can be a strong advantage to a venture capital firm is because there's huge amounts of competition now. Um, so there's American VC funds coming into the UK ecosystem, mm-hmm. more competition in terms of price. Um Venture um, platform, uh, venture team, uh, venture funds. A, a lot of them now have platform teams, which is the team that I sit down in, which I am part of, which is more like the value add services. So once we invest in 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 your company, it's within our best interest to help you grow and yeah. to help you fulfill that kind of potential. So within our platform team, we have um, our director of talent. And she's there to help the portfolio companies hire the right people, making sure that they get the right referrals. They know what what, what the um, base benchmark salaries are for different roles and whatnot. Um, we've brought in a couple of experts. We've got operating partners as well, who we kind of drop into certain portfolio companies. They'll act as like, you know, the CRO, intermin CRO, or mm. they'll help like the VP of growth or someone hire the sort of replacement. Mm. And then we've got um, experts, experts in residence. Um, we recently hired um, a director of pricing and monetization, someone from a top pricing consultancy to create content and strategies to work within the sort of portfolio to help them, I guess, gain an unfair advantage when it comes to yeah. pricing and, and pricing models. And then we hired um, our director of research and intelligence, a guy called Dr. George Windsor from Tech Nation recently, and 
he's um, been helping us sort of write reports and and thinking about like thought leadership and whatnot. So yeah. I would say um, at Notion, I'm very lucky. I not lucky, but but I chose to work with them because they're very much about value. And, and to be honest, you'll find that in all the sort of parts of marketing and all the, the companies that I've been at, it's very much been like value-based marketing. Mm. Um, it's not just like take, take, take. It's what can I give you first before mm. I can start collecting your information, your data, and starting to sort of build a relationship with you. So yeah. at Notion, it's, it's, it's very much about laying out breadcrumbs in the um, startup ecosystem we yeah. want the best founders across Europe, the best software founders across Europe to know about us. Yeah. We want them to not just only know about us, but when we come in with a timesheet, we want them to, to understand the value that we offer. And we, mm. my job essentially is to make it easier for the investment team to, to kind of win those deals through the value that we put out in the ecosystem. Yeah. Do you do you do you get involved uh, at all in helping the portfolio companies with their marketing, or is that or, or is that separate with uh, other other people? So yes, the answer is is yes. Initially, um, when I first came in, my 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 core focus was to help um, Notion essentially like set up a marketing engine and attract founders, but mm. also attract investors. Um, but as I've worked with them more closely, I have been working with our portfolio. There's a really, yeah. really cool fintech company actually called um, Bound, who I've been working with recently. They do like FX hedging, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah. it's, it's quite it's, it's quite fun because yeah, yeah. Um, with them, I, I work a bit more deeply. I um, you know meet their marketing sort of manager, do a bit of coaching, help him out on strategies, but. With a lot of the other sort of founders, actually, um, we've got like an early, like a pre-seed and seed fund called the Pioneers Fund. And that for me is like my sweet spot. That's where all like the AI startups are, the NFT guys, all like the really early guys. So with those guys, what, what I tend to do is I tend to drop in, give them like a call. So I've got a couple calls lined up next week around helping them like establish uh, some sort of like a marketing strategy or, you know, how do I build my uh, newsletter or how do I set up Google ads? So um, I, I tend to work with the portfolio and um, some yeah. companies a bit more deeply and other companies more light, a touch coaching sort of stuff. You said about building the kind of marketing engine for Notion or for like a VC company. That's seems like really interesting and difficult thing to do, right? Because if, if you're thinking about like a target audience and it is someone who's setting up a company or like a founder that's completely under the radar that's a that's a tough person to find right so what is it what what does you might not want to give away like the whole strategy but kind of how do you approach that and how do you think about finding those kind of people through marketing one word linkedin <laughs> <laughs> so um LinkedIn has been an interesting channel for me. In, in all of my other previous sort of companies I've been at and roles I've been, it's always been a secondary or a tertiary channel. Mm. Like my main strongest channels have usually been like Google and like Meta, I, I, I would say. So when I came to Notion, I instantly knew through my time of working with founders, I, I'm particularly keen whenever I come and work in a startup to work underneath the CEO or the founder to be able to learn as, as much from them. So I kind of knew how founders operate and I know that most founders are on LinkedIn. 
if you're not on LinkedIn, what are you doing really and truly? Um, that's where all the money is. That's where all the VC funds are. That's where all of the talent is. So I instantly knew like there probably isn't like we were active on Twitter and LinkedIn, but I said, cool, LinkedIn is going to be like the channel that I really focus my energy and efforts into. So what I've started to do is I built like an organic content engine, leveraging our experts in residence. So I'd get them to write. Um, it, it started off with just articles and blog posts and that kind of thing. But we've developed the content strategy to encapsulate now um, webinars, um, PDF guides. So it's like a, a podcast. It's like a multitude of different sort of formats. And sometimes I bundle them together into like what I like to call resource packs. So it's like, hey, just click this button and I'll send you everything you need around customer success including mm -hmm. webinars, PDF guides, and that kind of thing. So with, with that, I combined it with um, LinkedIn, LinkedIn um, sponsored posts. Um, and essentially what, what I've done is I've built the organic engine. And, and what I do is I kind of, I, 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 I try to understand from the investors who our target companies are. We've got some great technology that the team have built um, within Notion, which kind of identifies um, all of the startups in Europe, actually, it plugs into different sources and identifies. It's like a massive machine learning database which surfaces like the startups that are growing the fastest based on signals and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to give too much of it away, yeah. but essentially, I, I have this this list of target companies, right? So my job is to really and truly like, how can I attack them digitally and make sure that they mm -hmm. know about Notion, that they've heard about us, that they've got value from us. Mm -hmm like whilst they're speaking to us or before that they've even spoken to us. So for me, it, it's that combination of having a valuable or value-based content engine and then also having like a list or, or a database to be able to, to, to leverage and importing yeah. that in, into LinkedIn and, you know, building custom audiences and whatnot. So yeah. um, the, 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 the ads are very targeted, um, but at the same time, they're not super in your face. Like it's, it's, I know founders, I know that they don't have time for, for BS. Like they're trying to build their startup. So yeah. if you're coming and you're approaching them, it better be with something of, of value. Otherwise mm. they're going to be like, who is this VC? What are they trying to do? Like we, we don't have time yeah. for this. So yeah. yeah. That's cool. And do you, do you, um, do you know already like what type of content works the best in attracting the right founders for you? Um, the reason why I'm asking this is because um, the, the the best example I can think of right now in terms of content from a VC to mm -hmm. potentially like attract like deal, you call it deal flow, right? Like, yeah, so, deal flow, so, exactly, yeah. Uh, it would be um, 20 VC, right? Um, yeah. What's his name? Harry Stebbings. Harry Stebbings. There you go. Yeah. He's got like uh, probably the most popular VC podcast in the world right now. Like he's getting like crazy numbers. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm thinking like as a, like if I were working at a VC, I'll probably like do something similar and just get the founders you want as a guest. And then eventually <laughs> they'll, they'll feel flattered maybe or something. And then they'll, you know, they'll accept you in, uh, in, in their first round or their seed round or whatever. Yeah. Like, what, what do you think of, uh, of that? Like, what do you, do you know what's working right now? And then what do you think of like the, yeah. the, the podcasting angle? And Okay. Uh, so shout out Harry Stebbings, ha Harry Stebbings walked. So people like me could <laughs> run and he's done an amazing job in raising a fund of over a hundred million 
just based yeah. off of that podcast. So shout out Harry. He's, he's a legend for doing that. Mm-hmm. What I can say is we've had a podcast at Notion for three years before I got there. And I don't know if it was doing what it was supposed to do. <laughs> Having a podcast is, is one thing. Distribution is, is, is another thing. So totally. Totally. That was one of the big issues that a lot of the partners were telling me when I came in. They're like, Seb, we've got this amazing podcast that I've shot with this founder, but like, no one's listening to it or no one's reading my article. And I'm like, what do you expect? We've only posted this one time and yeah. it's like on a feed that's going to disappear. So uh, yeah, for me, I, I identified like the key issue for them was more distribution so yeah. you can have a podcast whether founders are listening to it or not that's another story and to be honest right now like i have my own podcast and i know we're doing a podcast but i think in the founder space it is starting to get a bit saturated in, in my personal opinion mm. okay it's, it's, it's cool I, f- I think it's dope but i think you have to come with a with a really cool angle nowadays yeah maybe get the founders to do the the podcast in like an ice bar i don't okay i don't know something crazy like that but <laughs> for me it's it's the podcasts are, are are good but i see it as part of a content engine something yeah. that you can use so with, with our podcast i initially started like clipping up part of the parts of the podcast posting them um but really and truly i'm i moved on to video and I, and i think actually one of the key things in, in taking our strategy and taking our, our awareness to the next level is how can we get to the hearts of founders? Because mm. what I've done up until now is, is I've got to the brains and the minds, here's value-based stuff. And, and when you asked about what content works the best, we have stuff like um, written by, for example, one of our experts in residence is called Harrison Rose. He's like the co-founder of Paddle. He's a sick sales guy. He is just phenomenal guy and what he does is he'll do like a a, a framework for how to do outbound email messaging in 2023 and he'll do like a step-by-step guide and he'll even show you examples of of how he's been doing outbound emailing how he uses like lead scoring and this kind this and that to, to make sure that you're reaching your target audience and I think like really practical stuff like that find uh founders find very useful when it's like Here's how we've done it. It's coming from someone that's done it before. Paddle has already scaled to become a unicorn. I'm like, this is like a serious guy who's done some serious stuff. And he's literally breaking it down for you and giving you just the source. So yeah. um, I think founders like that, that kind of content from, from what I've seen, like how to's, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, but like the real nitty gritty, like growth hacking sales, mm-hmm. the how to's that will actually get you results. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And leveraging those guys to get more of them, the other funders like them to join you. Into yeah, them. yeah. And but, yeah. but but on your point, you're, you're right. Like the biggest form of us winning is founder referenceability and referability. The way we win yeah. most of our deals and how we want to win most of our deal flow is we want our founders to be referring other founders. Like we want to do such a good job that you're referring your founder friends to us and you think, Notion is so awesome. And, and then we see this all the time in the surveys that we put out once we've invested. Um, mm. The founders really like us. They're like, can I recommend my friend to you? Can I recommend this person to you? And when some people get investment, they're like, we heard about Notion from one of our founder friends that you guys were like the best in SaaS and you guys are focused on on SaaS and, and, and B2B. So, yeah, I think it, it, it speaks 
uh, uh, volumes actually the fact that at mm. Notion we're very much we're not a generalist fund um, mm. we're very much focused on a certain type of audience and a certain type of founder mm. which is why I can't do Instagram and TikTok like that I, as much as yeah. I wanted to use Instagram and, and TikTok and, and those kind mm. of channels I do know like the, the, the audience that we're going after these are very serious mm. founders it's very much B2B they're trying to scale or B2B to C. They're trying to scale towards enterprise at some point. Um, mm. They have the opportunity and the potential to scale really, really fast as well if they hit the, the right notes. So yeah. for me, it's, yeah, it's about that. But but as I said, I really like um, our early stage portfolio, like our Series A and, and above, like our venture fund portfolio. You've got guys like GoCardless, Paddle, Ulife. It's, it's a lot around like fintech, yeah. insurtech, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I know these guys, yeah. Our yeah. pre-seed stuff, it's it's really fun, fun, fun people. But yeah, yeah, yeah. we invest a, a smaller check. And to, to be fair, I've had a lot of fun actually with the pre-seed guys, for example, building an onboarding system, like mm. a, a really cool yeah, yeah, yeah. fun onboarding system. Because I think that's, it's all about experience. For me, it's like when a founder gets investment from Notion, they, they need to be onboarded straight away. Like they need to have a great onboarding experience so what I tend to do is I send them an email straight away. I'm like, hey, welcome to the family. My name is Seb. Here's a bit about my story. Um, here, here are five steps to help you unlock value. Sign up for our founder newsletter. Yeah. Add yourself to our founder directory where you can get intros to other founders. Mm-hmm. Um, join our peer-to-peer community group. And then um, join our call. I do like onboarding calls every six weeks or so where I gather all of our new investments onto onto one call. Mm-hmm. Um, I get them to talk to each other to form some sort of like a community, and I, I just run them through. You know, here's the events coming up. Here's this and that. And a lot of the times, it's it, it's something like doing the onboard. It's not complicated. It's a very small thing that some people might overlook because they're like, "Hey, mm-hmm. the founder has, has signed the term sheet. What, what more do we need to do? We've already won." But for me, it's about making sure you ingrain a very positive experience from the get-go. It, it's easiest mm-hmm. done. It's, it's easiest and most impactful when it's like right mm-hmm. away. And um, to sort of maintain that sense of sort of love and kind of closeness, but in a scalable way, because with our pre-seed and seed um, investments, it's like volume. It's a volume game, right? And that's one of the reasons why they brought me in, because it's like, Hey, Seb, we're not just doing 10 investments a year or one or two a month. We're, we're, st- we're going to start doing 100 with our pre-seed and seed sort of strategy. Mm. How can we find a way to use digital funnels, digital marketing, digital tools to kind of scale that sort of engagement yeah. and, and, and get that kind of founder love from them? Yeah. That's the yeah, founders likes to uh, hang out with other founders. So I think uh, it links to... Um, what one topic we wanted to touch on which is building offline and online communities for b2b i guess that's that's onboarding and the things that you mentioned events and being part of like uh the directories and and things like that is it is 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 there anything else that you do right now to like uh, foster community online and offline so i I, prino i've always been an online guy Yeah. I came in digital. I said, if it's not digital, I don't even want to know about it. <laughs> but I've been kind of proved a bit wrong. After COVID happened and everything, mm-hmm. I realized that 
there's actually a real space and real advantage if you can tap into real life communities and build them around authentic experiences that that people in, in, enjoy. Yeah. It, it, it's actually become very very valuable if done in the right way. So yeah. for me, with um, a, a good example of this is with Angel Investing School, for example. It's it started off as an online sort of business because of COVID. Actually, we wanted to start offline first, but because of COVID, we, we pivoted to an online school. But one of the things we started doing within the last year is we started doing like monthly socials where we gather people together. We signed up um, for a space called Dream Factory where they help us produce content. But not only that, like um, we did content, but, but we wanted a space to bring our community and, and more people who are interested in angel investing together. And I made it my mission last year. I was like, you know what? I need to get my events game up. I want to have a couple of events under my belt o o over the course of 2023. Mm -hmm. Coming from a place where I'd never really organized events. So I embarked on this journey where me and uh, the founder, Andy, were like, okay, cool. Let's try to set up like a small social first in, in, in Jan, Feb, and, and try to continue it on. So we set that up and, and, and seeing the response we got from doing a monthly social for the Angel Investing School community, yeah. not just people that have signed up and have done the course, but for other people that are interested, founders. When I saw the energy in that room, um, the way we'd structure it is we'll do like mini TED Talks in the beginning. Yeah. We wouldn't force it though. We, we realized people just want to connect with people. They just want to yeah. vibe in nice spaces and, mm -hmm. and they just kind of want to find their tribe. So. If you can like facilitate that, then I think it's it's definitely an advantage. So coming off of that, I, I saw the power of events with, with Angel Investing School and I thought, okay, with my other community Blocks to Bags, how can I take events to the next level? So with the Blocks to Bags community, the way I see it is I want to define a new language for business, how you do events, how you do community how you do content, how you do campaigns, because I feel even B2B and, and business is, is changing now, you know, Gen Z, millennials, you know, they're, they're looking past the brand. They want to hear from the CEO, the founder, like they want to see the face. They don't just want to see a guy behind a, a brand. They actually want to know, okay, what's your story? Are you a family man? What challenges have you gone through? Like, tell me, like, I want to know about you. And, and people right now are just so fascinated with, with other people. We see that in people like Elon Musk. He's one of like the biggest celebrity entrepreneurs. And, and at Fanbytes, we used to write case studies around fandom and how these people are starting to build these sort of like audiences. So, hmm. and with Blocks to Bags, we thought, let's just do the craziest events that we possibly can and do them <laughs> in like a completely different way. So our first event for, for Blocks to Bags was a yacht party in Cannes. Which wow. for Cannes Lions, which was which is a crazy way to just announce ourselves. How did you pull that world. off as a first event? How did you do that? I'm gonna tell you, we did that through networking, partnerships, and just constantly trying and just putting ideas out there. So mm. before Cannes Lions, um, we know we we said Cannes Lions is, is a space that we really want to infiltrate and bring a diverse community from yeah. the UK to experience that. Um, I'm in the world of VC, but I've also been in the world of media and agency and marketing. And I, I think it's a very relevant space that a lot of people may not have the confidence to think, yeah, let me go to Cannes or Cannes Lion. Because I've always yeah. known about Cannes Lion, but 
until yeah. I met my co-founder for Blocks the Bags, I never really had the confidence to be like, let's just go and check it out. Even if, if I'm not invited, even if I even if I didn't spend three grand on a ticket, which is ridiculous, but <laughs> it's like, what what can we do when we're out there? So what we like to do is we operated in the fringes. That, that That's how we like to operate, right? So we essentially started chatting to partners. We, um, we partnered up with a company called Word on the Curb, who are like a fantastic um, agency. They do videos, they do insights. Um, and we've built, uh, we've built like a really cool relationship with them. Um, and then essentially we started chatting to um, a guy that owns yachts and we sold him onto our vision. We were like, would you want some of the most rise, like some rising talent from the UK and European industries to mingle and kind of be on your boat? And a lot of people that went to the event said it was the best event in Cannes. They said wow. the vibe, the connections, the people, like everything was like super duper on point. And we were in the yacht opposite Gary V's yacht. And I could see Gary V, <laughs> we were, when we were doing up our event, I could see Gary V looking at our yacht. And in fact, some girls from our yacht actually managed to get onto his yacht as well whilst we were doing our event and they got to mingle and chat with him and stuff like that. So that was like a beautiful thing that that, that can happen in, in, in places like that. And yeah. for a lot of people, it was their first time on a yacht, even me, my first time on a yacht. But, but imagine that you're on a yacht, you're um, networking with founders, agency owners, influencers, creators, um, old, young, experienced, inexperienced. Um, there was people that had exited their companies literally that same week. There was people that were building their companies. So yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. like a great, it was, it was a great moment. It was, it was a great way to, 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 to do things. And we're definitely looking to be out there again next year and, 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 and go out with even more people. Did you... Um... Did you do that all like on the like you said like on the fringes of the 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 event? So like you just set up everything by yourself. Yes. What did you do on the boat? Did you like yes. record an episode? And also, can you tell us uh, what is uh, blocks to bags? Yes, for those who don't know, oh, and, and yeah. then get into more like details on that. Of course. So right now, for what you see, blocks to bags is um, it's a media and community sort of business where. We are redefining what it means to be a founder, a creator, an investor, and an operator. We're trying to build formats and programming for the next generation of people in these kind of spaces. People that want to know, how do I get into venture capital? How do I become a founder? How do I build a website? We mm. felt that um, there was a huge untapped space, especially in the UK and Europe, where there isn't that much entrepreneurial content, in my opinion, mm. that is sort of blended with culture and coolness and makes it palatable to a wider audience. Yeah. My mm. whole thing is that I want everyone to be an entrepreneur. I want everyone to be, I want everyone to be exposed to the same tools, information, knowledge, and network that I had, because I know that was pivotal in me becoming who I am. And I feel like as we're sort of, um, going into like 2023, 2024, post-COVID. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but there's a whole bunch of people that want to be entrepreneurs now. All of my younger cousins, the younger mm -hmm. generation, like they're flipping trainers, they're, 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 they're finding stuff on eBay and, and reselling it. They're starting clip, clip agencies and clipping up podcasts and whatnot. And there's just like a yeah. fire and a spirit that I see with this, this next generation of people. You can see it on TikTok. If, if you plug into TikTok, you, you'll see this kind of content. And I, and I thought, 
me and my co-founder, we've, we've always been into entrepreneurship. We're obsessed. We, we consume a lot of content from America. I've yeah. been big into podcasts for, for a long time, but I was just waiting for the right partner to do it with. And, and when I met my partner, BJ, and, you know, we formed a relationship. We didn't do it straight away. We formed a relationship, a friendship for a couple of years. And um, we went on a retreat together, actually, that he organized. And from that point on, we were like, we want to do something in the media space to help people become better entrepreneurs, operators, investors, mm. and creators. So what we've gone and done is we've built essentially like an, a, a podcast. It has a video. We're active on YouTube, Spotify, TikTok, Instagram. We first started releasing, you know, once a month. Now we're dropping weekly episodes and we're building out different sort of format nice. so later on today i'm going to shoot um a show called money matrix where i that deep dive more into like fintech finance um mm. we're probably going to talk about stocks so i'm going to do a deep dive episode on stocks so you know yeah, who yeah. created the stock market how do you invest a hundred pounds in stocks like how do you actually yeah. get started so yeah, yeah, yeah. for me it's about breaking down that sort of information and like democratizing it and making it like easily accessible not yeah. just through long form content, like reels and clips and hit, hitting the audience where they're at because you can yeah. have your stuff on YouTube, but you also need to be able to clip it up and get those 30 second bang kind of moments that get people interested in, in what you're kind of saying. And from what I can see in the kind of space, there isn't, especially many people like me that are kind of doing this kind of thing. So yeah. for us, yeah, we saw that kind of opportunity and, and we've been building up that sort of media, me, media, I guess, brand. But on top of that, um, we've been building an offline community as well where we're hosting these events. We do dinners. We do loads of like secret things that people talk about. If you know, you kind of know. Mm -hmm. If you don't, then maybe you might find out in a couple of months or a year. But <laughs> in, in Cannes, for example, we didn't openly advertise the yacht party. We want to build a core community of people that are real G's, OG's. And we found that after we left, a lot of people were talking about the yacht party. People that I didn't even know, like they'd heard about it through a friend of a friend of a friend. So I think there's also a bit of magic in that sort of offline yeah. word of mouth sort of especially yeah. in an age that's saturated by digital digital and i'm a digital marketer isn't it like don't get me wrong so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i think there's there's something in that and um of course for, for notion we, we do events all the time we've got a pioneers day we've got our founder retreats uh, we leverage offline and online and some of the interesting formats that i've been really enjoying are dinners private dinners mm. you know we'll do a dinner on, on mergers and acquisitions and exits getting the founders to really think about, okay, if I'm not going to IPO or if the market is not ready for IPO, what are my other options for exit? Um, we put them together on the table with other founders that have been acquired and get them understanding about that kind of journey. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all around exploring more of that as, as well as doing the, the online thing. So yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. And one feeds the other. Like what you're doing in Blocks to Bags is going into your learnings into what you're doing at Notion and back and forth. So I go on, Jake. No, I was going to say, I love that. I think since COVID, right, and also before COVID, really, everything, as you say, is online. So you get invited to a webinar. Now you don't get invited to a conference. Or you see a conference coming up and the way we used to go to marketing conferences like five, six, seven years ago. Now you see it like, oh, that looks good. And it's online. You're like, oh, no. 
online thing. And I just feel like when everything is digital, you just, oh yeah, I'll sign up to that. And then when it comes, I just won't bother going to it. You know, I think people are desperate to get more of these in-person events back. So it makes sense that they're kicking off for you guys. Yeah, honestly, if you can feed them, feed them. People just want to get out there and connect. We're done with webinars. Stop with the <laughs> webinars, everyone. Like, just stop it. Unless it's a sick webinar, but like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I, I think Jake and I have been talking about branching out to offline a few times, and I think it might happen eventually. We might do something like dinners yeah. or whatever it, it event style. Yeah. Yeah. It has a lot of impact. And you know what? When when I think about events, like with Blocks of Bags, one of the things is we don't really ticket people with, for events. We don't believe in really charging people for events. I see a new model of events and, and working with brands and sponsors where it's like mm. we're kind of co-creating an event and not just that, for your sponsorship or whatever, we're going to produce loads of pieces of content as well that you can leverage mm. in your brand strategy and, and raising awareness of you know, working with certain communities or being involved with certain types of, of founders or whether it's young people or people trying to break into tech or people trying to break into finance. So yeah. even when it comes to events and stuff like that, I think if you're going to do events and you're going to charge people, oh, hey, £15 for a ticket, come to my event. I'm not hating on it, but I think in yeah. five, 10 years, it's going to be made redundant because I, I just see so many opportunities for, for different sort of models within this. It's weird because events have been done the same. I'm like, why have events just been done the same way for like the last 20 years? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, what I like about events as well, especially when you have a podcast and maybe you've done that already, but uh, have you done like a live recording? of the podcast yet with an audience so we we have so we had our live podcast show at um roundhouse so we did oh. do that we created like a vlog that one's like an audio only one but yeah we, we had like a live show it was it was That's amazing wow how big is the podcast now like can you share a little bit more in terms of like stats and how many episodes you've done and stuff yeah, like of I'm, course. I'm, curious. So, I'm getting really curious the more you talk yeah, about I'll it i'll tell you so I'll, I'll break it down for you because um for me like when i first started i said to my co-founder this is going to be a three-year journey mm -hmm. i do not want to stop this for the next three years and like we can test and growth hack and whatnot but the growth hack is just being in in the game being in the market yeah, for those three years like you yeah. can't really get a, 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 around that sort of thing so for our podcast we've released i would say like 30 35 episodes yeah we've released 35 episodes we have um released over 500 clips as well on on, on top of that we're going hard like a machine mm -hmm. yeah we're going hard so on instagram we're kind of doing a post every single day um, we're trying to ramp up to the stage where we're releasing like a video every single day on our social media. Mm. We've created two different formats slash shows within our sort of network. So Blocks to Bags, we realized, okay, if we really want to scale this, it can't just be focused on, on me and, and my co-founder, um, BJ, right? So it has to be, can we bring in other hosts? Let's make it like, we click, quickly realized within like the first three months, we have to turn this into a network and try bringing other talent and build shows around them. So yeah. we've got Money Matrix, which is around finance, money, 
Um, there's another show format that we've built called The Social Update, which is with a social media consultant and um, someone who works with a lot of creators. She's, she's fantastic. So she gives a, a bit of the angle of the world of social media, creators, that kind of thing. So far on our YouTube, we've had maybe, I think, 200,000 views across all of our videos, but we've got like five, 400 videos just on YouTube. Um, on, to be to be to keep, to keep it a hundred percent real with you, I'm not gonna really take stock of the numbers until we've done a whole year yeah. of like a release. Because I, t- I told my co-founder, I said, you know what, like there's no not that there's no point, but my approach was that let's actually. He said, okay, cool. I was obsessed with. I'm like, how are we gonna grow this? How are we gonna get the numbers? And he said, let's first create like a hundred videos. Yeah, that's the first yeah. step. Just actually get good at creating the content because a lot of people want it to be a short game. So for me, I was like, yeah. okay, let me get really good at actually building a podcast mm. engine, like something that we can release every single week. And I've created a really cool sort of system, sort of behind the scenes that leverages AI, that yeah. leverages a, a lot of different things. I, I work with a lot of virtual assistants. So it's a very lean sort of team and we've been managed to do quite a lot with not that many resources or time yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm really proud that i've managed to we've managed to like build this and we've both got jobs we've both got other businesses that we're kind of running and stuff like that but it is it is difficult in terms of our actual community and things like that we've got around 100 people that have signed up to our newsletter we've had over 500 people that have signed up to our events Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's been cool. And like, we're just continuing to, to grow it really. We've yeah, got yeah. like around, um, I would say like overall, maybe like a thousand subscribers across all channels and one a thousand fans. I'd like to call them across yeah, all channels. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, I, from what I know with media and podcasts and some of our other friends who have fast growing podcasts, like it's like a hockey stick, the, the, the way I find it, isn't it? And like, yeah. once you hit that, that growth, all the long tail content that you've been building up to that point is actually going to help propel you even further. So yeah. the way I see this is just, we're just building a collection. So when we do have those big viral moments, people can go back to our channel and our network and dive into like mm. loads of other sort of yeah. content. So the way I see it right now is like, we're building webs, webs of content. We're building webs of kind of communities as, as, as well. Yeah, I love that. It's like, um, I, I guess we go down, we can go too much in under the microscope, me and Yo, it's like every day talking about the numbers, like, oh, we just got like one more than yesterday or six more than yesterday, or oh, we're down 10% on yesterday's disaster. <laughs> but I feel like, have you seen the Stephen Bartlett Diary of a CEO? His podcast, like, yeah, one of the biggest in the world now, but it's like for years, it's like the listener base is nothing. And then, yeah, oh, exactly. It's crazy. So it's just talking yeah. about putting the hard yards in and, not getting uh not getting disappointed yeah I, I think it's even more important today because you know what people gen z this new they, they don't get skin in the game and like doing something consistently for years mm. everyone is so used to like quick results and things just like blowing up so fast like i think we've lost that sort of thought or or, or knowledge that actually to build something quality to build something that stands the test of time it, it takes time to do that yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. And the other thing I wanted to say, and you know, what you said is the um, 
it's definitely something we need to get better at is the the clips yeah um clipping and putting it on social in all the channels that you mentioned like shorts tiktok reels um is it, it feels like the the key distribution piece to get your main long form piece of content out there um we're making progress but it looks like you're way ahead of us we're we're lagging behind all the young guys with that one we're showing our age i mean so when you said about the people starting clips agencies i was like oh shit really is that a thing and then i was like obviously it is and i'm looking at it now and there's loads of them it's it's amazing it it is it is crazy what's out and and to be honest i I would consider myself a zillennial. That, that that's the term in between <laughs> millennial and Gen Gen Z, basically. So I feel like I occupy that space where I'm I consume a lot of the same formats and culture and content that they consume. So I'm very tapped in, but I'm also very aware that, for example, I've grown up. So, for example, I was born in Kenya. I grew up with no like I've lived in a world without technology and mobile mm. phones and. I can kind of see it a bit from that bird's bird's eye view, which, which I think makes makes me in a perfect position to to really build out something like like this. Because I'm gonna tell you this: there is a lot of fraudsters and 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 people that talk rubbish on the internet. Yeah. That is another problem, isn't it? Fake news, fake yeah. fake entrepreneurs. Like yeah, yeah, there's yeah, yeah. so much shit out there, especially on tick and especially on the clips. You're going to find them on clips and on like short form kind of content. So that's, true. that's why I think it's, it's, it's ever more important to also build that long form content where people can really just yeah. like deep dive into a certain topic. So for us, like we know the clips are important. It's important to have it at the top of your funnel and, and to, for, for discoverability and that kind of thing. But it's also important to have long form content that people can really that dive into because yeah. I think... The world is kind of missing that and and the way content is being done right now it's like 15 second clips 30 second clips like yeah, that's it yeah. done definitely mm. there's a it's a it's a lie that people have uh moved into just like only short form like uh, short atten- attention span if you give them something good uh they will watch it or listen to it for a long time i mean you know youtube videos of like one two hours podcast of two hours like like uh i find myself watching stuff that is like two hours long yes i'll watch it in like three four times because you know we've got a life mm-hmm. and you have to like you can't really sit down for 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 that long that often yeah. but uh but it's not impossible i think it's uh i think it's very important to like yeah get the attention with the the shorter form but have the the meaty content uh with actual value uh in it very it's very cool very interesting yeah. and you know what that there's something else to also be said about content it's 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 what you say but it's also how you say it mm-hmm. so what i found being at the intersection of b2b tech startups at fanbytes for example we use a lot of lead magnets so i would write up a lot yeah. of guides how to launch your first tiktok campaign and, and whatnot i realized that there the way you break down the information is also important for the kind of audience like a younger audience is not really gonna tap into like some 60 year old dude like i don't think they'll even tap into warren i think someone like warren buffett and charlie Mung. i think they're absolute ogs and like you kind of have to really listen in and really be interested to to break through that barrier of like Mm. these ancient dudes that have like white (laughs) hair and americans but 
I think there is definitely something to say to that for the, the younger generation. They want the content to be coming from non-boring people, people that have a bit of personality. They've got something about them, like they're not just wearing suits and ties, but they're wearing hats, glasses. So we, we do some of our episodes wearing sunglasses and shades <laughs> and, and this and that. I'm probably going to do one today wearing, wearing shades. So I think how you present the content is is is, is also important. And mm. my big philosophy with Blocks to Bags is to make business fun. It's to make business content like fun and enjoyable because I know that's what it's like for me. Yeah. And for a lot of my friends, like it's just that we've just found our own way into it and we've sort of built our own content and, and like we kind of want to share that now with the sort of um with, with the world yeah. really. So yeah. That's really cool. No, thanks for thanks for sharing. I'm looking at the time. We've been we've been an hour already. I don't know how much time you've got. This is my second podcast that I've ever done actually. The first one, I don't even know if it was released, but on other people's uh, podcasts. So this you, is an experience for me. Well, you thank you for thank you for spending your second time uh, with us. You know what a, a funny story about uh we didn't give her a shout, but shout out Timo uh yeah. from from Fine Bats, Fine Bites. But um I the the anecdote with uh, with Timo is that we met um, a long time ago and he invited me to what was gonna be or was is like first video series. I don't know okay. if it was a podcast, maybe it was just on YouTube. I, I can't remember the the format exactly. And I went to Fun Bites. I was at Depot at the time, so it must have been 2018, maybe yeah. early 2019. And um, we we spoke for an hour and a half on the couch. I went to the office mm-hmm. or recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, very nice chat a lot of like deep dive into like marketing yeah. tactics and stuff very very insightful and like i leave was great i think it was the first time we met as well so it was mm-hmm. like straight like we're doing now with you yeah. so, uh meeting for the first time for a podcast and uh a few days later he sent me a message saying the recording didn't work so we lost uh. all the footage <laughs> So well, uh, that discussion yeah, never aired, uh, aired out. No one, no one heard it. Never, I no would one have seen been a dope it. discussion as well. I it was great it, marketing minds. It was, uh, it was great. I remember. I have a great memory of that discussion. But uh, since then, uh, we uh, we laughed about it, and then since then we kept in touch, and we're still very good, uh, very that. good uh, friends. So that's I love, uh, that. I love that's that. good. And and I love his content as well. He's he's got he, he's a great example of of you know once he exited fan bites, and I guess he had a bit more time. Like he started producing his own sort of oh, content, and it's dope. Yeah. I, I love it. He's all over. He's all over my feeds now on TikTok, on on Instagram. Like he's going in on on content big time, and he's it looks like he's working. Like his uh, his fan base is growing, and that's great. Facts. That's facts, awesome. Facts, facts. But I, I think definitely like there needs to be a network as well. Entrepreneurs, single entrepreneurs are cool, and I, I really enjoy them. But yeah. I think there needs to be like a platform or a network that's sort mm. of just wider than just the single person. But yeah. I can't lie, like shout out to Timo and all the other great entrepreneurs out there, man. Their, mm-hmm. their story needs to be told because I know that he's from the same area that I'm from and he's inspired a lot of people from Oakland Road to sort yeah. of think outside of the block because he's yeah. come from, literally, I used, to, I, I used to jump on the bus and I used to some, sometimes see him on the bus going to the wow. office. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it, it's really inspirational. Like, and and we need to tell these stories and and get more of these sort of people people out there because mm. they're amazing. They're amazing for the culture. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely down for that. I've said to you a few times that I would like us to do a few episodes or or one episode looking at like 
different people who have made it quite far, especially like in marketing, so that's our world, right? But that didn't necessarily come into it through studying for a degree in marketing or studying, like I didn't, I didn't go to uni, I didn't get a degree, anything yeah. like that. I kind of made my way in there. Yo, you came about in, in a bit of a different way. And I think it'd be really inspirational for people to like be able to listen to people and just understand, especially like last week, right, with all the grades coming out and people thinking, oh, fuck, my life's over. I, you know, I didn't get the grades I wanted to, that you don't yeah. have to go to uni to get. And especially all this stuff we've been talking about, right, like, clips and running ads on TikTok or just creating content none of that stuff you're even going to learn on if you go and do a marketing degree if you go to Oxford you're right degree, you ain't going to learn any you're right Jay. you're right so I think a lot of people need to talk more about that and maybe on that point so maybe you could start like what was your what was your kind of route in to to marketing and what was your kind of early career brilliant question because I freaking studied geography at university <laughs> <laughs> Completely different to market, nothing to do with marketing, really, if, if you really think about it. But my route in was um, I did an internship at an asset management uh, bank called Investec. And during that sort of internship, I kind of got it through a relationship that I'd built with someone senior within there. So, I mean, for all the people listening, relationships are very... I wish they did a course on relationships. Or I wish people could go to mm. uni or school on relationships because that's something that's, like, very important. But once I, I got into to, 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 to that sort of startup, it was... They called it a skunk work. So it was a startup yeah. within a big corporate company. And they put them in a WeWork away from all the other corporate guys. And they were like, Seb, you'll be perfect for this. Come meet the team. And so through, through that sort of experience, I met um, one of my marketing mentors and OGs, a guy called Oren Greenberg. He was founder of Curve. He's like a really awesome growth marketing sort of guy. And yeah. like being able to work underneath him, I said... I said, damn, I said, I need to be like this guy. Like, I was like, I was just like, I was like, this is it. I was sold. I was like completely and utterly sold. I said, this is what I kind of want to do. So from that point onwards, after I finished my um, uh, studies, I said, I'm a self-taught marketer. I pretty much taught myself everything. And I'm a big fan of teaching yourself everything for free. I don't like paying for stuff because... I'm just a cheap guy and I like value, but <laughs> I can hand on heart say I did not pay for any courses or anything. No. I pretty much did the Google, Google Google AdWords certification course for free. Like today's day and age on the internet, there's so much free information out there. Yeah. You can pretty much build a marketing career from just like learning. And, and the one thing that I did was I did a combination of um, doing courses, the, the, the theoretical knowledge, on this, what's CPC, cost per click, what is a channel, what is this, what is that? I had a mentor, so Oren was like one of my first marketing mentors, and, and I would go to him and I would be like, okay, Oren, I've learned about Google Ads. What would you recommend next that you think is very helpful to startups? And then yeah. the third part of that was I implemented what I was learning in startups. So... Yeah. Um, I worked with anyone that would hire me. I said, guys, I'm not a marketing guy, but you know, I'll work for minimum wage. I'll even give you three days of my time as long as I can be called a marketing exec or a marketing <laughs> assistant. And That's I can just start like trying to play around and do marketing stuff, isn't it? So yeah. I started in a one-person startup called Go Life Tests. Shout out Charlie. It's like a UX testing company. Um, and essentially, I, you know, I was doing the newsletter. I was doing a lot of like, 
uh, website stuff, blogs, and a lot of business development. I'd go to loads of events and, you know, try to get leads that way, um, which was cool. Like, I, I think I went to over 100 sort of events, and I actually started to build a startup network and family just through going to yeah. these kind of events and like just chatting to people and I'm trying to sell them into this product, but like it, it, more times I was just connecting with like super cool yeah, people. Yeah, and yeah. if you like the product, you like the product, but me and you connect and we like each other. So that's definitely like link up and keep that going. So yeah. for me, I learned all the basics of marketing, content, social media, website, and then um, to, to supplement that as well, I'm a big believer in side hustles. Uh, we at blocks the bags we have a thing called the side hustle philosophy and i believe that through side hustles you get better at what you kind of want to do and you can use side hustles as don't just see it as a way to make money but see it as a way to build skills and expertise yeah. in areas that might not necessarily be in front of your in, in your nine to five sort of job so yeah with my side hustles i learned how to build websites using wordpress i got really good at wordpress and that kind of helped get me to the next stage of clients. And after that, I just started learning how to generate revenue using Google ads and online channels and, and tracking that and doing lead gen. And mm. once I unlocked how to generate revenue for, for startups, it, I think my career kind of skyrocketed from there a little mm. bit. And like loads of people wanted to start working with me and, and that kind of thing. And I've never had a formal marketing education ever in my life, yeah. actually. So, yeah. Yes, yeah, the way. The best people don't, in my opinion. That's also, like, one of the reasons why we do this podcast. I mean, this this just being in the game, testing things, things that you don't necessarily have the opportunity to test in your day-to-day -day job because of, you know, it's a different business, there's different restrictions, budget, resources, whatever. Um that you can do in in that side or so whether it's related to your job or not like you will learn some things that could be transferable to what you uh, you, you do in your in your day-to-day -day. and it's just it opens like creativity as well like different way of thinking uh which is very very uh very important and i feel like it doesn't stop at with with seniority and i, I think our, our thing with jake is always to say that um there is um especially in like the new type of, um, you know, head of VP, CMO, like there's, there's a new wave of people who are still doing, still, you know, very close to the doing of things, whether, whether it's a channel or it's a side project or, or whatever, I think is very important in today's uh, day and age, especially as companies are struggling, there's less investment going into the market and teams are shrinking, like you need to be more of a doer uh and not just a, a thinker or just manager of people especially if you don't have that many people to manage anymore so uh so yeah uh very 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 important yeah exactly it's also the second time that orange got a shout out on the podcast because we had michael lorenzo's on a few weeks ago who was also at curve i don't know maybe it was different times oh. but yeah Yes, I, you know, Michael was my manager, actually, funnily enough, uh, when I first started working with Oren, he put me underneath Michael, he was like, yo, Seb, help Michael with whatever he needs doing, and like, I actually, Michael's an OG, he's a serious marketer, like, so it was quite fun to actually be in a crowd of, like, serious marketers, because yeah. I'm a marketer as well, but I would see myself more as an entrepreneur, and like, 
reaching more wider audiences, which is why I, I love Oren and he told me to niche, but I never niched. So <laughs> he was like, go just focus on one. He's like, go deep on ads. He's like, be an expert. And and I was like, I never did it, but now I know why, because I, I'm, it, it's a bigger play for me. And like, um, yeah. but I, I do love the marketing community. I love what, what Oren, what, what he's done was, was an amazing thing because he, he really changed my life as well by giving me wow. the opportunity to work in his agency and, and learn from some top marketers. And I can't lie to you, some of the stuff that I learned there, create, it, it went on to produce so much value for other startups. Yep. One of the big things I remember was marketing automation. I remember Oren and Curve and, and those guys speaking about it and doing marketing automation. And I figured out how to do automation. Uh, I went, the next startup I went to, I was like, hey guys, I can do automation and this, 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 that. They're like, okay, go on then. <laughs> and I was like, oh. So once I, I figured it out, it was like key sort of areas, which which I got really deep insights into, which which I really appreciate because it really helped to, to, to level me up. So shout out to people out there that that invest in in um, educating and, and leveling up talent. Like without people like Oren, you wouldn't have people like me and, and Michael in the kind of game. If Timo didn't give me an opportunity to do what I did, I wouldn't have been able to, to be as great as I am or shine as bright as I am. So yeah. I have a real place in my heart for, for leaders that really nurture talent and give them the opportunity. Like Timo was like, spend as much as you need. If it's working, do it, double it. Like, let's, let's go. He was like, let's freaking go. And I'm like, that taught me like such a lot about like growth and, and growth marketing. So yeah, a big shout yeah. out to, 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 to those kind of people as well in the community. Nice. Amazing. Definitely. Well, that's, that's a good, great way to end this, uh, this episode. So that was Thank awesome. You. Thank you very much. And, um, what, what, what can we, um, tell people to do to find you um to like uh, help you with uh, you know the project you're involved with and the blocks yeah. to buy extra like the, tell us a little bit so that so that the people listening can definitely can reach out so, um definitely connect with me on linkedin sebu mesfin s-e-b-u-h-m-e-s-f-i-n check out blocks to bags b-l-o-c-k-s number two bags.com we're on youtube tiktok all the social media channels Angel Investing School, same on all social channels. We've just actually just launched our September cohort. So if you want to learn how to angel invest, sign up for that. And yeah, just, just find me and like, let's connect. I'm all about connecting and chatting with people and, and, and really like, I'm a human, you're a human. If you're a cool human, we can be cool humans together. It doesn't matter if we work or, or do stuff in it. So yeah. that's the vibe that I'm on. That's a good vibe. Love it. Like that's cool. vibe. Man, how do you have time for all this stuff? Oh, I, I, I question myself as well sometimes. It's, I'm very, I'm very efficient. Um, you know, I'm, my life is time boxed in, in 30 minute boxes that I tick <laughs> off every single day. <laughs> All right, Sebu. Awesome. Blessings, was, guys. Was Thank great you for having me on. Awesome, man. It was fantastic. Thank you um, for coming. Hope you enjoyed your second podcast. I yo, this is dope. Hopefully, it actually makes it out there because the first one didn't. So, yes, I will be enjoying it. And you know what? I, I get to reconnect with my marketing. Hopefully, loads of marketers will add me and 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 invite me to their to their to their community. And 
hopefully I can go to you guys' events. Hopefully you guys can, can do an event soon and we, we can pull up. I'll definitely yeah. get people from my community to come through as well. So let's let me do know. That. Yeah, let's share. Let's it, yeah, definitely. that's awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely try and do something before Christmas. Cool. Awesome. Amazing. Take care, guys. Blessings. Yeah. Peace. Bye. See you soon, man. See ya. Energy. Wish I had that much energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now we've all that talk about recordings getting lost. He might be the first person that didn't leave it to go to 100%. <sighs> can you imagine? Can you check what, what are we talking? I can only see it once we end the call. Maybe we should leave it really quickly and just make sure. Because my one is 71%, so I need to leave it for like three hours until it finishes. My 55% is going to cost me about £800 of mobile data to get it into, <laughs> to get it onto cloud. <laughs> <laughs> That's shit. If my phone disconnects on my laptop in the next half an hour, I'm fucked. <laughs>